friends. Welcome back to my Dating Palooza, the podcast. I am Katie and I fell in love for the first time at 15 years old, started dating at 15 and I'm now 35 years old. I have been perpetually dating for 20 years total. So through this podcast, alongside with one of my dear friends, Courtney Badran, we are unpacking and sharing stories from my 20 years of dating. So please join in and um, find these stories. We hope you find these stories relatable, interesting, and there is something for you to learn and to gain and to know that you are not alone um, through these dating stories and navigating dating in the modern world today. Thanks so much for joining. Last week, we said that we were going to talk about your ex-fiance in this episode. Yes. But you made a post on Instagram yesterday that I thought was really interesting, and I wanted to talk about that uh, instead today. So for anyone who isn't already following you on my dating palooza, can you share a little bit about the post you made yesterday and kind of the your thoughts behind it? Yeah. So yes. So I have an Instagram page called my dating palooza. That's how this all started. Um, and I made a post and it's called benefits of being fully independent and single. So I made this post because you know, as I've been going through having these breakthroughs about, you know, single life versus, you know, feeling this pressure, this massive pressure that I've had for so long that I need to get married and have kids to to mean something in society. I'm starting to kind of see this light shed that there's benefits to being independent and single. And so some of the things that I, I shared on there was, um, for example, there's no need to check in with, with anyone or have someone upset with you frequently for whatever reason. Um, I'll just go through a few of these that I wrote down. The ability to explore your own hobbies and interests for yourself, by yourself, and take as much time as you need. There's no pressure, time, or anything. Um, earn your own money, manage it, and spend it however you please without anyone else's say. Um Uh, freedom to go to bed when you choose, wake up when you choose and live your life exactly how you choose. It's super peaceful. Um, More time to focus on yourself and being the best version of yourself. Um, So basically I made this post because my huge breakthrough recently is that marriage and relationships are just one way to live life and children. Marriage and family. Yes. And it's great. And it's beautiful. I come from a big family. I love my family. But if it doesn't work out for whatever reason, or if you end up widowed or divorced or someone like me who's just never found the right fit, there are other ways to live your life happily. And it's okay. You're not a (laughs) failure to society. You're not a failure. You're not a mess. You're not hopeless. You can live happily. And there are benefits to being independent and single that you cannot have in a relationship or a marriage. And so for me, going through this transition that I'm going through, it's really nice to focus on those things. And I'm really enjoying my life. And it's really nice. <laughs> so and and so do you want to hear my response when I read this yesterday? Yes. I said, who is this? Has someone hacked Katie's Instagram? And 
do I need to alert the authorities? Because <laughs> this, this is not normal. <laughs> what happened to Katie? What happened to Katie? Like, and no, that and that's like true. It's this is such a dramatic shift, um, shift that you've undergone. Like this, I couldn't have imagined reading a post like this from you even just a few months ago. Yeah, no, no, definitely not. This is huge, huge change. And but the thing is, is that I have heard this kind of, um, uh, you know, these this kind of sentiments from you before of like, you know what, um, I've known you for two years. And all along these two years, you've dated more guys than I've ever. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> the number of guys you've dated in the last two years are more guys, guys or dates or you know, suitors, I don't know what to even call them anymore, than anyone else that I've known has dated in their entire lives. Like you've surpassed that just in the last two years. <laughs> it's true. It's not, it's obscene. So yes, I yeah. ask my friends and things. I'm, I'm like, do you know anybody who's dated as much as me? And they're like, no, I, I, you, you've Trump at all. You Trump everyone I've ever known. This is another level. <laughs> And and that's the thing is that every time you would break up with a guy, you would be like, you would come, come to me and you'd be like, this is it. I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And then yep. a few days later, you would come back and be like, Courtney, I met someone and this time. It's going to be different. <laughs> Was it ever different, Katie? <laughs> no, it's the same thing every time. Same thing. Do you want to go on a trip on a roller coaster of excitement and a, a high high and a low low? No, thank you. It's the same thing every time. You have it broken down to a science because you were telling me about that guy that recently reached out to you and he says, let's go out. <laughs> okay. So, yes, I'll just tell this brief story. So, it was um, right after Christmas. Um, I met this guy online. This is, yeah. Anyway, I met him online and he, you know, we chatted a little bit. We had some things in common and he tells me, he says, oh, I'm a CEO. And I'm like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. trying to brag about your work. And then he tells me he has a Ferrari and a Maserati. And he's like, and I really, I'd love to take you out. And I'm like, mm-hmm, bragging about his car. And then, you know, he's like, I really want to meet up with you. And I was like, no, no, I kept saying no. And, and then, you know, he finds out where I work and, um, he sends me flowers to my work and we hadn't even met yet. And he wants to go on a date. And then, and I was like, Oh, thanks for the flowers. It was really nice. And and he's like, will you go out with me? And I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And I've never been so bold. And then the next day he sent me waffles to my work. No. Yes. Yeah. I don't think I ever told you this. Yeah. He sent me waffles to my work. And he's like, I think I deserve a date now. I really want to meet you. Like, I just feel like you're so special. And I was like, I know, I know you do. <laughs> and I typed this out to him. I said, I know you think I'm special. They all do. And he's like, wait, what? And I go, I can't meet up with you. And he goes, why? And I said, because I know 100% you will like me. And he's like, wow, I like a woman with confidence. And I'm like, no, it's not about that. It's not that I'm confident. I was like, I, I just said, I know you will like me. We will go out. You know, you'll you'll ask me out again. You'll get super excited for a little while. I don't know. Might be around three weeks to three months. You'll get super excited. You'll do flowers. You take me on dates. All the things. 
And as soon as I start opening up my heart, you're going to find something. Something's going to come up. You're going to be gone. And he goes, wow, you really are traumatized. And I was like, yep. And I was like, I, I'm, I don't know if it's traumatized, jaded, what, but there's no, there's no more time for this anywhere. I ain't nobody got time for this. No. <laughs> so no. I ended up never met up with him. Um, he actually unfollowed me on, on Instagram and I was like, well, okay, I'm going to unfollow him as well. well <laughs> and that's what I feel is the problem is that every new guy that approaches you thinks he's unique, that he's mm-hmm. special, that he's one of, one of a kind or one in a million. But what he doesn't know <laughs> is that he is not one in a million. He is one of a million uh, of guys that you've dated. <laughs> He's not one of a million. He's no. one of a million that I've I, dated. <laughs> exactly. Like we counted and Katie has dated a million people. She's actually <laughs> broken the world record for number of men dated in 16 years. In the whole world. I should yeah. be in Guinness World, the Guinness Book of World Records. Seriously. I've actually, I've actually contacted them and they are coming to your house tomorrow oh to, to give you the certificate. <laughs> no. Oh my God. No, it's true. And I like I remember at some point in these uh, like in the last two years, you actually started hiding from me when you would meet a new guy. Um, <laughs> so, like when you started dating the bartender and I would text you and you would be like, I can't talk I'm busy. And I would be like, <laughs> why are you busy at 2 a.m.? Where are you? What are you doing? And who are you with? <laughs> and just no response. <laughs> and I would tell her I'm laughing because I remember this I was like busy driving you're like where are you driving all the time in the middle of the night and I'm like shh can't talk busy <laughs> who are you going to see no one myself <laughs> so yeah I totally hid it from you and you know our other friend because I I was like, I can't let anyone know about this unless I know it's going to last. Like, it's embarrassing. So I was trying to keep it on the down low to save some dignity. And Courtney was on to me. Like, she was totally on to this. And I totally hid it. But this is when I dated the bartender, which Courtney lived from beginning to yeah. end. Yeah, that was, um, it started off promising. I, I, I had high hopes. <laughs> the bartender even though she didn't yeah I know I said yeah exactly once Katie had revealed to me who he was and how they had met I said maybe this is it um but that's actually I guess my fault at that point like some at some point I need to take on certain responsibility that (laughs) you know I when I get my hopes up that maybe this is it and that this is going to work out that maybe I'm setting myself up for disappointment um Mm -hmm. with delusion and So I started, so the guy that we're talking about that was being all secretive and shady about, he he was a bartender. And I mean, enough said, right? That that's a disaster waiting to happen. A bartender. What what was I doing? I don't even drink alcohol. I've never drank in personal reasons. I'm dating a bartender. Like it was doomed to fail. Um, So, but you know, after him, I really said, this is the last straw. And I, Courtney remembers after that breakup, I was so sad for a long time. And Courtney, you know, would message me. We were, we've been really close. And she was like, Katie, you're, you're usually sad after a guy, after a breakup. But this is longer than normal. 
And that was when I was going through that reflection that I had just turned 35 and I was like, oh my gosh, I started dating at 15. I'm now 35. I've been doing this 20 years. I can't do this anymore. And so that was, you know, for me, it felt like the last straw um, until I met one more guy. And if any of you follow my, my dating clues on Instagram, I've shared these stories, but met one more guy, Mr. Right, or so I thought. Um, and Courtney, you remember this, right? Yeah, of course I remember it. It's, uh, that was, well, what I remember from when you started dating, uh, Mr. Right, or so you thought was that you really weren't willing to give him a chance because you were still so heartbroken over the bartender. Yeah. Um, sorry, I want to reverse just a second about the bartender. One thing I want to add about him when I knew things were not going to work when he showed up at my house, knocking on my mom's window at four in the morning, I go outside, he's barefoot, no socks, no shoes. And he had ridden an Uber over here. And I'm like, this is, this is another level of drinking. That's not good. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, obviously it didn't work out. I was super heartbroken. And then I said, this is the last straw. And then, you know, the next guy comes around, Mr. Right. Or so I thought, and he really pursued me hard. Like he really came after me. He said all the right things, did all the right things, planned all the dates. And yes, I was very reluctant at the beginning. And Courtney remembers. And I would tell Courtney and, and my other friend, I just, I don't know. He's saying these things. He's doing these things. But I'm just, I don't know you guys. Like, I just don't have it in me anymore. And no, I was you really were out. not interested in it. I remember um, even from the beginning, you would forget to text him back like he would text yeah. you <laughs> yeah. yeah and then you would forget to text him back because you were just so disinterested at that point in dating anymore um and and he was pursuing you uh you know um pretty actively and I had actually to be honest so actually Katie had talked about another similar sounding individual um when we were in Costa Rica uh so Katie you had told me hey there's this um, this, I think he was a pilot, right? Yep. The pilot. So you were telling me about the pilot and I was like, so when, when Katie came back and told me about Mr. Right, I was like, Oh, this is just the pilot. Like Katie's doing reruns now. Like she's just <laughs> going back to some of these other guys because that's how similar they sound when she's describing right. them. I'm like, no, I've heard this. I I've heard about this one before Katie. And so actually at that time I wasn't interested in him. Katie or like I didn't think he that was gonna work out because you'd already dated him before and he had had all these red flags and you had written him off even before we had met in Costa Rica so yeah when you came back I thought you were talking about the pilot yeah and then you were and then you told me you said no no exactly the same like characteristics but it's a different guy like And then it I really was, like, was. Oh, it's a new guy. Oh, well, if he's a new guy, then there might be a chance. Katie, go date him. Just try. <laughs> so I pushed you forward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, it seemed great. He's a great guy. You know, he, there was really, honestly, I saw no red flags with him at all. None. Um, you know, and so he, he pursued me heavily. I mean, he's like, I'll give you as much time as you need. And he did all the things, planned the dates, always made me feel comfortable, special, wonderful, like just kind. 
And, you know, he had asked me to be his girlfriend four times before I said yes. And, you know, the first three times I just said, you know, I'm, I'm not quite ready. It's a little soon. Are you okay with waiting? And that's something I had never done in my past. If it, I was always so I was eager for a long time that if a guy asked me to be his girlfriend, I'm like, okay, let's go, you know, but with him, <laughs> exactly this next guy, you know, last summer that I dated, um, I was like, no, I, I just don't feel ready. It's so soon. And he said, okay, sure. And then that actually made him like me more. <laughs> and so, you know, he saw it as this challenge that he had to conquer. And then after the fourth time, you know, he took me out to the amusement park for a full day. It was so fun. Um, and I felt like I fell in love with him that day. It couldn't have been more magical, more fun with him. So attract. He was so attractive. So everything. We had the chemistry, all the fun. And I felt like a teenager again. And he asked me to be his girlfriend at the end of the day. We were right by the Ferris wheel. The sun was setting. It's a summer day. Like it couldn't have been more perfect. And, you know, I still was a little nervous on the inside, but I thought, okay, I'm going to go for it. Like, there's no reason that I shouldn't trust him. And so I said, yes. And, you know, we dated and then he planned this, this really elaborate, lavish vacation to Cancun, an all-inclusive resort, um, which was amazing. And Courtney, Courtney, you know, was there. She lived, I sent them pictures and everything. She, she lived this all on the back end. (laughs) Me and my husband were actually going to go to Cancun. The only reason we didn't end up coming with you on that, joining you and um, Mr. Wright on the trip was because we had had our, another trip planned that I think the, the same weekend even. And, and so we, we couldn't come, but yes, like we, like that's the we were all in we're like yeah let's start yeah <laughs> start let's going on start on joint couples. let's start going on joint vacations together because yeah, this is like days. locked down katie is going to marry this guy and yeah. this is going to be her 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 partner because mr wright had been talking to you about marriage at that point already like we weren't delusional no 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 oh no he told me i mean um you know, it, it wasn't immediate, but he told me, you know, he loved me. And then he was, he said, he was falling in love with me. Then he loved me. And then he said, like, you know, you're the girl that I have dreamed of my whole life. And, you know, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. I can't even imagine my life without you. And at first, when he first started saying those things in my head, I was like, huh, that's cute. I'll entertain him for a little while. And then, you know, he was so consistent. Um, that I started to believe it and all of uh, everyone around me started to believe it. It was like, okay, this is the guy. Like, you know, he gave me a ring in Cancun and he said, this will do for now, but I'm going to give you a much bigger one one day, meaning a wedding ring. And he set a budget for our wedding. Um, he, he sent me homes, you know, often about, um, what kind of home do you like? Do you like, windows tall ceilings like because he wanted to get an idea so we could buy a home this next year together in 2023 and you know in the very beginning I you know I was a little jaded but he was so persistent so consistent so stable about this plan that he had for me and him that I started getting excited I'm like oh my gosh this is everything I've ever wanted I'm attracted to him we have a great time together he feels like my best best friend um, we do the most fun activities together. We, 
we he, he we were both such more gentle tender people um ev- everything was there everything um you know even when we went to cancun so we stayed at this all-inclusive resort and it was a dream come true and he planned that because he know knew i was in love with dresses i have like over 100 dresses i'm a girly girl but he planned this trip and he says i want you to have a place where you can wear one nice dress each night and it was like a dream you know we got dressed up every night we went out to the ocean in the day um i mean it couldn't have been more magical and he surprised me with some jewelry at dinner one night. And I mean, it's, it was completely glamorous and we held hands. I mean, even people on the resort would come up to us and they were like, you guys are way too cute. You're either newlyweds <laughs> or you're on your honeymoon or like, what, how did you guys meet? You guys are the cutest couple ever. And that was not just once. We had several strangers come up to us and approach us about how cute we were together. And um, so anyway, uh, it felt great. And then we, I came home from Cancun, you know, my family was starting to think this is the one, you know, my mom was like, this is it. We're going to get mm-hmm. Katie done. Like, yeah, she's 35. Like, finally, we got it done. We got it locked down. And, um, you know, and we continued to see each other. We planned all these dates and, and, you know, and then it, it was in end of November, you know, I, I shared this on my, my Instagram, but he just abruptly, I kind of sensed a shift in him for about a week and I wasn't quite sure what was going on and, but the energy was different and I started feeling a little insecure and I thought, Oh, it's just my insecurities. And I actually, I don't think I told you this Courtney, but I actually had dreams for a few weeks that he was abruptly leaving me in these dreams. And I didn't know why. And he was just over like in the snap of a finger and I would wake up and I would tell him about the dream. And he says, oh, no, 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 that's not, that's just your fear. I am with you for life. Like you are the one. I want to build this life with you. And he was like, don't be, don't give those dreams any thought. And so I did it. So I was like, okay, I, I take his word for it, you know. And then um, one day, end of November, you know, I start feeling him pulling back a little bit. And we were driving one time and I just said, hey, like what, something's going on. Like, just tell me. And he's like, no, no. And I, I dug it out of him. I was like, no, what is going on? Like, your energy is different. Something's shifted. You're not talking about the future. What happened? And he just says, you know, Katie, I, I don't want kids in my future. Which I forgot to mention. He had three kids. And he had promised at least 50 times, up and down, swore on his life, he would have a vasectomy reversal because he wanted to have a baby with me. And I never asked him. He said that to me on his own accord. And that's the only reason I continued dating him because I wanted a baby. Yeah, I think that was that goes back to the very beginning when it started is that you said that you hadn't seen any red flags in him. But actually, you you had had very immediate like doubts about the relationship because on the first date, I think he had told you that he had a vasectomy and you were like, oh, well, actually, I'm not interested in, you know, starting a relationship with someone who has a vasectomy because I really want to have kids. Yeah. And then that was when he, he, he was like, Oh no, but it's okay. Cause I'll get a vasectomy reversal. <laughs> right. Well, the, what happened, it was actually the second date. He told me that. And I remember the next day I was at work and I thought, I'm not quite ready to give that up yet. I'm not quite ready to, to close that chapter of having a baby up yet. And so I thought there's no point. There's, this isn't going to be a serious relationship, but he asked me out again. We went a few, a few more times. And then, 
um, something came up in our conversation about me wanting to be a mother. And it was very organic, very natural. And at the end of the conversation, he says, listen, if we work out, I promise you, I will have a vasectomy reversal and we will have a baby. And that's the only reason I continued seeing him. And at that time, I do remember, I was like, oh, yeah, we'll see. But he he said it so many times. He promised. And he looked up costs. He looked up doctors. He talked to his friends who had done it. So, I mean, I believed him. It's He would send me pictures of what our future baby would look like because he was dark skin. Yeah. And that's the, the question is that, that why wouldn't you believe him? Like it's right. not really the basis of a relationship to be skeptical or doubtful of what people say when you're starting a relationship with them. Like yeah. you have to take them at their word. You have to be able to trust them to some degree um, yeah. in order to even take the risk of starting a relationship with someone. Um that's I so I don't think you were wrong to believe the things that he told you. And I think that this goes back to what you were saying, you know, earlier, where you had said, like, you know, how these things play out, mm-hmm. that it, it this isn't like, what happened between you and Mr. Wright, isn't a surprise, because this is how things have usually worked out for you. Mm-hmm. Almost every time, right? Yeah. And I don't know why. It's a similar pattern, and I'm not exactly – I don't know why. I've analyzed it to death. So you guys who are listening, I know you guys might have your thoughts, but trust me, whatever you've thought, I've already thought it and more. Anyways, so when things went down, um, when he just abruptly ended it, um, the end of November – well, he didn't end it at first. He first said, I don't want a baby. And I just remember we were in his car, and I, I actually started crying because I was like, holy crap, I'm – approaching 36 this it feels like it's this is being a done deal like the universe is trying to tell me something it's like here's this guy another guy he doesn't you know he made all these promises and I cried and I cried and I cried and he says I am so sorry he says you have every right to be angry with me and I says it's okay you it's okay that you changed your mind I am just sad that I'm not going to be a mother in this life I feel like that And he said, well, you should be angry with me. I'm a fraud. I'm a fake and I'm a phony. And I said, don't say that about yourself. You're not those things. You're a good person. It's okay. And I was crying. You know, I'm like, I was trying to be as kind and loving as I could. And, um, you know, then I went home that night and I was just kind of like, whoa, 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 what happened? You know, and I was like, okay, do I go in the one direction of, I, I'm going to choose this man and not have a baby. Am I ready to close that door? Or do I go find some other dink head, <laughs> some other doofus and, and try to start over and, um, you know, like just for the sake of having a baby, you know, like, what do I do? And I just, then this is when my, tr- my trauma and my trigger of being abandoned, like kicked in. I, I couldn't sleep all night. I was like, Oh my gosh, w- was any of this real? Like, did he just play with me the last five months? Like, was everything a lie, you know? And he pulled back further the next few days. And, and um, you know, he started saying, I'm just not ready for a relationship. I just can't do this. I, I'm not ready. I thought I was. I can't do this. And I was like, but you said you loved me every day. Like, what happened? And, you know, before I knew it, it was over. And, um, you know, and I, I said some things that, weren't in the best frame of mind, but I was, I was truly just, I felt all of this trauma from breakups just rose to the surface. 
and I was I remember I laid on my floor in my bedroom and I'm like I felt like I was in a pool of trauma and just all these memories of guys who have broken up with me who had dumped me who ghosted me from 20 years just came to the surface and I'm laying there and I'm just I was like hysterical on the inside and I'm like there's nothing that nobody anybody can say to me we've all been here a million times you know it's like nobody knows what to say my mom doesn't know what to say no one knows to say and you know and I that was it was it was over the relationship ended he completely changed um it was done he was done so that was when I like to say I hit rock 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 bottom (laughs) and um so that was just this last year and um so Courtney you know she we were talking about this before she's you know seen me go through a lot of these heartbreaks and um yeah that's true like I've watched you like go through heartbreak after heartbreak over the last two years and as your friend it hasn't been easy to watch you go through that every time because I think that as an outsider, you kind of get numb to what, you know, this experience, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, just another, Katie's dating another guy. Oh, they broke up again. And it's like, of course, like, as your friend, I was always hoping that, that it would work out and that this guy would be different. But then every time it ended, like, it was hard for me to find the words to say that would comfort you. Like, it's it's heartless to just say, you know, Oh, well, Katie, who cares? It's just a guy. You'll meet someone new. Everything happens for a reason. You'll get over it where, so from my perspective, it's like, you know, this, these kind of relationships, it's just a a cycle of relationships. But for you, every time you go through a breakup, it's a new and painful experience. It's not as if you get numb to it. Right, Katie? Yeah. I mean, I, I still, I think it, and a big part of it is being, you know, at this age, my biological clock ticking, you know, I'm at this prime age of, of bearing children, like determining, will I be a mother or not in this life? And so, you know, these relationships I've gone through, like I give my heart at a certain point, I give my whole heart. I fall in love. I'm, I am a lover. I love to love. And so when I give my whole heart, I open up my emotions, my feelings, my, my, and I start building this mental image of what my life's going to be like with them. And I, I bring them into my world and my world is not perfect. You know, I bring them in and I make myself vulnerable. I, I introduce them to my family, the most special people to me. And, and then for them to just abruptly leave me, it's soul crushing every single time. It is crushing every time. Um, you know, the more vulnerable, the more deeply you love, the more pain there can be. Um, and so, uh, after the Mr. Right, um, we, you know, when it ended, it was just like, I hit rock, rock bottom. And I was like, I'm done. (laughs) And so, so, um, yeah, yeah. go ahead. I can only imagine like, because from my perspective, like, trying to support you and be there for you um over the last two years it's 
it is challenging. And like, there is that saying, like what, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And like these types of things, like, did you find yourself becoming more resilient or stronger after each breakup or, or how did that happen? Like we're, 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 as you kind of went through your dating life over the last, you know, however long, like, did every breakup get easier? Did you get stronger and more resilient in the face of breakups? Like, how did it really work for you? Yeah. So I think that I don't think that I became more resilient. I think that I think I was resilient at the time um, that I could handle more. And, but it wears you down. Like it just chips at your heart. It chips at your mind, your soul. It breaks you down. And it broke me down so many times in different ways every time, you know, when somebody just gives you a rejection or finds something wrong with you and picks you apart. Like I have heard everything that could be possibly wrong with me from multiple guys, Um, everything that I'm lacking, everything that's wrong with me. And I'm like, holy cow, wait a minute. I've had to stop myself this year, you know, through this healing process I'm going through. I've had to stop myself and say, wait a minute. I am an okay person. I'm actually a good person. I'm the like I'm bringing I'm putting the pieces back together healing and saying wait a minute there this has nothing to do with me. This was them picking me apart from so many guys, so many angles and taking little pieces of me and stomping on my heart, stomping on my emotions and me saying I'm at this point now where I'm like this that was not about me. That was about them. And I'm I'm okay. I'm a I have my problems like everybody. I have my struggles, but I'm not a bad girl. I'm not a bad, I'm not mean. I'm not I'm not a horrible human being. There's I didn't deserve a lot of this treatment, you know? Yeah. And a lot of women out there who are dating, you don't deserve that treatment. Like we're all in this human experience together and when we're dating and we're making our the very most vulnerable part of ourselves available to someone else, that's when we should respect someone the very most rather than tearing them down because we're sharing like our heart. We're sharing our emotions, our, the deepest part of us with another human being. And if you don't, if it's not going to work, you get to end on, on respectful, loving terms. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's don't tear somebody down who's opened up themselves to you. We yeah. this is what's wrong with our society, this dating and this breaking people down. It's harming society as a whole. And so No, I agree. Yeah. Because I think that this is a really important point is mm-hmm. that when you go th- when you have shared a part of yourself and been most vulnerable with a partner and then they break up with you yeah. and then you at- they they have to come up with an excuse or a reason why they're breaking up and so they'll give you one yeah. and then as uh you know as the person being broken up with your default reaction to that is to try and fix and repair based on the feedback you've gotten like that thing that's wrong with you that made that guy or you know break up with you oh I have to fix that piece of myself exactly and and make myself better and especially Katie I think this is important because you started 
dating at such a young age, 16, you were so impressionable. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure at that age, you didn't have the perspective to say, Oh, wait, I I should be, you know, critical of who is giving me this feedback before I take it into my heart into the core of who I am, and start making changes to myself as a person based on this feedback. And it's been iterative. Because it, you know, you dated someone at 16, and they gave you this feedback, and you tried to change and fix it. Then you dated the guy at 17, he gave you different feedback. And then you're trying to change those things to yourself. Where does it end, Katie? No, it doesn't end. It does not end. And I know that. So can I ask? Can relate? Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask what the latest feedback on, uh, you know, in this breakup? What was what was the reason? Or if you want to share or what was the um, excuse that was given to say like, no, actually, it's you, not me. <laughs> well, so, I mean, at first he said, you know, it was because he didn't think that he wanted another baby. Um, and then he said, um, you know, at first he was like, I'm just not ready. I'm just not ready. I can't do it. He had been married, like, I don't remember, 16 years and divorced a year when we started dating. And he kept saying, I'm just not ready. I'm not ready. Um, you're such a good person. So he was nice at first, but then there was one point. There's only one point where he goes and I was I was, you know, through the breakup and I was really hurt. And I just said, what, like, did I do something wrong? And he says, well, maybe you're just coming on too strong. And I says, wait, wait, wait. (laughs) And I go, wait a minute. I go and I said, hold. I said, you are the one who said you were going to marry me. You're the one who said you love me first. You're the one who promised a baby. You're the one who sent me pictures of homes. And I. I was the one. I said, you wanted to freaking start a savings account together in January. I said, oh, that's too far, too much. And I came out strong. <laughs> I said, and he goes, yeah. oh, he's like, okay, you're right. It was me. He says, he says it was me. And I said, yeah, do not tell, do not put this on me because I did not come out strong to you. Um, And then, you know, when, once he kind of pulled things off with me, cut things off, and I said some things he said that I became very mean, which maybe I said some mean things. I lashed out a little bit and it was all through text mostly. Um, he said that I became really mean and, you know, I showed, you know, different friends or my family and I said, is this really mean? And they said, no, that's not even mean at all, regardless if it was mean or not. Maybe I said some mean things, but it wasn't so mean that it had to destroy someone who wanted to spend the rest of their life with me. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. Like it, it was not, I'm not such a horrible conniving mean witch, you know, that <laughs> somebody who had promised to spend their life with me, I say a few things and then they're just gone. Like, I don't think I'm that bad. You know what I mean? Um, And I mean, we really had no fights the whole relationship, five months. There was no fights. There was no real issues. We just had a great time every single day. We had a great time. And it wasn't until, you know, after he kind of called things off, I felt tricked. And I found a big lie actually came out as well at the same time about his past that he had lied to me directly. And that's what I was the most mad about. When the lie came out, that was when I said some things that weren't nice. I said, I, I think I said to him, I said, maybe you are a fraud and a fake and a phony because he had said that to me before. Um, and those are the things that I said to him. And I says, maybe you are fake. Maybe you are a fraud. You know, you, you said this lie to me. Maybe everything you said to me for five months was a lie 
for all I know. You know, those were the, the kinds of mean things I said. And, but I mean, I look back and I'm like, I was so caught off guard. I felt crazy when he ended this so abruptly. I literally felt insane. I was like, what just happened? What on earth just happened? And it was embarrassing. Like I had to go face my coworkers, my family, my friends. Oh, what happened to you and Mr. Wright? Oh, he, you know, he's, he's not ready, you know, or whatever. It's like, it, oh, okay. You know, it's, it's, it's embarrassing and it's, it's heartbreaking. It's hard. And I think that that has, that is the reality of the roller coaster is yeah. that it's, it's so unpredictable that, you know, things can be going so well. And then within one day or like a very short period of things can be going well for so long. And then yeah. in one day or, you know, within the span of a week, then kind of things kind of fall apart and end. And that's kind of been, you know, my experience as your friend over the past two years. And so kind of, and that's, isn't always easy to support you like effectively, like when you're going through this type of um, breakup or loss or grief experience. Mm -hmm. Right. And so how has your family been able to kind of support you through this when it's been for the past 16 years? Yeah, it's hard. Like I'm, so I have a big family. I'm the youngest of six kids, which I love. And my mom and dad are are awesome. Um, they're, as I mentioned before, they're, they're separated, but I love them so much. And I think that honestly, every single one of my siblings has seen me cry my eyeballs out handfuls, multiples of times over guys. Um, every single one of my siblings and honestly, my mom, the most, my mom has been the one that, you know, for through so many breakups, she's been the one that when I was in literally the darkest, darkest hole of pain, and self-loathing through these breakups that my mom's sweet hand was the one that would reach me and and pull me up and and help me every single time and my mom is an angel she's a literal angel on this earth and you know all my family is my dad's been there my siblings and you know but it's hard like you know so even this last year last few years um so I, I, another, this is another story for another time, but I dated somebody who passed away from cancer, um, in 2021. And, you know, after he passed away, that was brutal. And, you know, my mom helped me through that. And every guy after that, you know, my mom, she's worn out. She, yeah. like, if I talk about a new guy and I'm excited, <laughs> even in the slightest, my yeah. mom, well, she's like, oh, and she'll look out the window and she'll do this, like, glaze. She has this glazed over look in her eyes and she just zones out. And I'm like, well, huh. She's I've really... met your mom. Yeah. And, and, and no, and Katie's right. Her mom is the sweetest, sweetest woman. Like, she's just, you know, this, you know, she's little. Like, how tall is your mom, Katie? She's actually, she's about five six, five seven. Oh, oh, is she? Oh, yeah. yeah. So she just has this, like, beautiful, warm light and energy around her. She's so loving and welcoming. When I went to visit Katie in Utah, um, we had a wonderful chat with her. I brought her flowers that I had bought for her. Um, and, and like, she was such a lovely, um, woman to talk to and sit with and laughing, like great sense of humor, like, like so much energy. Um, and I think that, yeah. It, and then it is funny when you tell me that, 
you know, after all these years that when you start to tell her with a guy, she just can't muster the enthusiasm maybe that she once had. <laughs> no, I, I swear. It was like maybe when I was like 28, 29, um, that's when I, I started living with my mom. My stepdad passed away. I started living with my mom and, you know, I'd go out with a guy. My mom would get super excited. She's like, oh my gosh, this is so great. I think he's the one. And then, you know, after like a few more years, I would talk about a guy. She's like, oh, okay, that's good. Have fun. Go out, have your, have your time, whatever, you know? And then until this last year, when I started talking about, you know, the bartender and, and Mr. Wright, or so I thought I'd talk about these guys. My mom didn't even have a comment anymore. She would get this glazed look in her eye and she, I swear, I I kid you not. She would look out the window and zone out. (laughs) And I was like, mom, do you hear me? She's like, anyways, so what are you doing today? Like, she would not have any comment. She's, she's zoned. And I, I think Courtney, you know, is the one that really brought this to my attention. Like, it's hard for the outsiders to see me go through this. Like, I never thought that it might be hard for my mom. Like, it's, it's probably really hard for her. And, you know, when I get excited about a new guy, she's like, well, been there, done that. You know, I... So, Katie, has anyone in your family ever told you, like, like to stop or discouraged you from dating yeah. actively? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. My at different times, you know, I've had family members say, like, just stop completely. I've had my sister say, my sister said it, like, just stop. Give your heart a rest. Especially yeah. this last year. Especially, you know, after I had this guy, which is, we'll share this story another time, passed away from cancer. Um you know, how hard that was on me and how brutal then, you know, this last year, I think it was either after the bartender or after Mr. Wright. I don't remember which one. My sister said, please, Katie, just give your heart a rest, please. And, you know, my mom was like, just stop. You know, my mom said that multiple times. And then it wasn't until after this last, this very last guy that my oldest brother, who I look up to the most, like very much, he, we had, we, I hung out with him all day after this breakup and he's awesome as well. And he also told me, he says, Katie, you have to stop. And I said, I feel like it's killing me and it will kill me if I keep going. It's to that point. If I keep going, it's going to kill me. And he says, you're right. He's like, Katie, it's, it's, it's at that point where it, it, this is a very dangerous road And so that was when I really hit the rock, rock, rock bottom is what I like to call it. And I said, no more. I can't do this to myself or my family or my friends anymore. I'm done. I am done. And yes, I still have moments where I'm like brief moments where I'm like, I'm afraid that I won't have children and I won't be a mom and, you know, I'll grow older and I'll regret it. But it's like, what can I do? I'm, do I keep doing the roller coaster? No, I'm not doing the freaking roller coaster anymore. <laughs> like I'm done. And so that's why I made that post on my Instagram, the benefits of being single. And so I have spent the last two months creating my own little routine, creating my own little like sanctuary in my bedroom, in my life. I buy myself flowers. I bought this candle. I've, you know, been taking care of myself. I've, I've been going through this book um, about overcoming this perpetual dating and been journaling and I wrote down for the first time what is self-love to me like you know I always hear people talk about self-love this self-love that I'm like what is that so I started writing it down and I thought self-love is not putting myself in these 
turbulent relationships anymore. It Self-love is creating a routine. Self-love is building that strength within myself to know that I can rely on myself no matter what and not allowing a man to come into my life and disturb that and be a tornado and to disturb this strength that I am building. And I'm not saying all men are bad. This has just been my experience. You know, not letting a man come and and destroy this, all this work I'm doing on myself, all that I am. And I'm not going to let a man pick me apart. Tell me what's wrong with me. You know, that is self-love, building these boundaries and healing myself one day at a time. Like, no, all these things that men have told me are not true about me. I've heard every negative thing that you can imagine. My self-esteem, you know, at different times has been completely shot where I just thought I was a nobody. And now it's like self-love is, this has nothing, my, my, my worth has nothing to do with a freaking man. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> my worth has to do with, with me and trusting myself. How, what are ways that I can learn to trust myself? And that's, you know, for example, getting up and going to the gym every day, re- knowing that I can trust myself to, to work out every day. And I'm, I can rely on myself. I can fall back on myself no matter what we often like we're always there for our bosses we're always there for our friends oh i i'm a dependable reliable person for the people around us but how often are we dependable and reliable for ourselves and so that's you know a huge thing on this journey of me being the self love and healing is that i can rely on myself and you know if if there was nobody else in the world to help me. I can, I can do this. You know, I know I'll always have a small group, whether it's my family or very close friends. And there's different ways you can receive support, community, you know, a church or, you know, for me, it's yoga. I love doing yoga and I have a little community there that lifts me up and is a support group. Um, but it doesn't ha- I don't need to get that support from a man. In fact, the men in my life tore me down, the ones I dated. They took away from me rather than adding for the most part. And so, I mean, they added for the first while, but after a while, it was the heartbreaks. So, yeah, yeah. that That's... is where the post came in of the benefits being single. <laughs> no, it's, it's really beautiful. And I think that this is part of the change that I'm, I'm seeing in you in that, you know, maybe in the past men have dumped you or rejected you and said, and, and, you know, and that's been kind of, um, you know, you've been felt like you were forced to be single, like it wasn't your choice Mm -hmm. or your family has kind of told you to stop, stop dating, stop doing this to yourself. And, and really the difference is now is that you're making the choice Um, Mm -hmm. and it's about, you know, you're choosing to seek a different path forward for your life. You're choosing to protect yourself and protect your heart. And you're choosing to, um, find a way to be happy and fulfilled in your life, you know, with or without a man, a part of it. And I, and that's what I I think that I'm seeing. And so I, I love it, Katie. I think it's, I'm very excited for this next uh, chapter of your story. Yeah. And I want to share, like, for anyone listening in, that 
yeah, your story might not be exactly identical to mine, but whatever is going on in your life, you know, whether it's, you know, wanting a baby, you can't have a baby, whether it's, you know, you're widowed, whether you're divorced or whether it's not even relationship related, whether it's related to your jobs, your career, whatever it is, just knowing that there's only so much that we can control. And that for me, it's learning. I cannot control a man to be in my life and love me the way that I need to be loved. And I cannot control. I can't, I have no, I have very little control over that. Um, but what I do have control over is myself and how, and trusting myself, believing in myself, building that strength from inside. I can control that. I can control the way that I love myself, the way I talk to myself, the way I nurture myself and choosing every day to build that strength within and relying on positive people that also believe in me. So no matter what you're going through, you can do it. There's, you can pull through anything. And if I can pull through all of this, I know you guys can all pull through anything <laughs> because it has felt so hard at times, so dark, so tough. And, you know, I've, I just want to give that, that hope to anyone else, even if your story, if your story is similar to mine or not, um, the thing that you can rely on is that strength from within you that will never go away no matter your out, outside circumstances so about uh so and then uh just to wrap things up uh i know how much time uh dating used to take up for you so <laughs> what are you planning on doing uh this weekend um what do you have planned for this weekend if you're not dating anymore or for now <laughs> i know so it's really nice i'm not dating anymore it used to consume my thoughts my conversations, everything. But I have no plans this weekend. And actually, I do have a plan with one of my girlfriends. She's a friend that's a girl. <laughs> and we are we are going to um, go out. Her husband's out of town. We're going to go meet up at a restaurant. And we're going to have fun. I love it. I so, love it. yeah. Well, I think that this that's is a long all... Yes, this is, this is a we, long one. <laughs> this is all we have for today. That's okay. We're wrapping up. Um, and I just wanted to say before we go uh, to the listeners that uh, this podcast doesn't always have to be about Katie's love story, love <laughs> life. Uh, and so we want to know what is one of your dating horror, horror stories or a dating story you want to share with us. Yes. Uh, you can share it with us by emailing it to us at the email in our bio. And maybe we will read one at the beginning of our next episode if someone uh, shares a dating story with us. What do you think, Katie? Yes, and we will do it anonymously. But please, if you have a funny dating story, a horror dating story, or a a story that left you super heartbroken, please send them by email to us. We would love it. You have a whole week. We're going to go over them and then we will open our next podcast with one of these stories. And obviously we'll leave your name anonymous, um, but we would love to hear your story. So please drop I, it an email to us. I think Katie's mostly curious to know, like, is she the only one with these crazy <laughs> stories? I, I do. I would like to know. I would like, I'm making a call to the public. Am I the only one or do you relate on any level Please send your emails, send your submissions today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I can't wait uh, to see what we get and uh, to talk more next week. Yes, well, we will record next week. And thank you for joining us. Thank you. 
Hi friends! Welcome back to my dating palooza with Katie Danner and Courtney Badran. Today we're talking about bad dating advice that I have been given and to provoke thought with you guys about bad dating advice you have been given. And we are also talking about a group that we are launching at the very end of this podcast. So stay tuned. It's a My Dating Palooza community for women in the dating world going through heartbreak and whatnot. So please stay stay tuned for that. We are so excited to launch this group and so excited to have you join us. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome to My Dating Palooza, the podcast with Katie Danner and Courtney Badran. We are unpacking my 20-year dating history, and today we are talking about advice that I wish I had been given about dating in my 20s. So happy to have you here, and thank you for joining. Thank you.